entrepreneurs, small business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Hello and welcome to the Business Builders Show. I know you have other things you could be doing, but you have decided to spend some time with us. So on behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, my sidekick, Carrie Carney, and our producer, Tom Jenkins, we thank you for being here today. We are focused on leadership this week, and we are talking about leadership at all levels. You know, Carrie and Tom, sometimes we think... Leadership is only the domain of senior executives in an organization. We can be leaders at all levels of an organization, in the teams we're a part of, with our families, in the lunchroom, as a supervisor, and as of, co- as, of course, as a manager or as an executive. So, Carrie and Tom, first question of the day. Do you think being a leader in the lunchroom will help you become a leader in your organization? Absolutely. Yeah. I concur. I think true leadership knows no boundaries of uh, you have the big title. You are on the the corner office. Leadership can. We found it. We found some of the best leaders working back at a loading dock at a big company. Leadership is not a position. Leadership and authentic leadership has nothing to do with a position. If you're the leader of a team, the leader of a group, whatever, that's leadership. So today our special guest is Mark Hunter. Mark gives us some great insights into leadership on our interview with him. And those thoughts come from his book titled The Brink, How Great Leadership is Invented. And a key word is invented. In addition to Mark's thoughts, we went to Harvard Business Review blog network for some thoughts on skills leaders need at every level. And what one writer believes is the most overlooked skill. So we got two blogs, Carrie, that we mm-hmm. want to talk about today. And the first one, before our interview with Mark, uh, the first one says, the skills leaders need at every level. And it talks about this consulting group that were hired to work with the company to assess the skills that the organization felt they needed at different levels of the organization. For instance, there's an assumption, and this is an assumption across the board, that um, in companies, most people believe that leaders um, need the strategic visioning. You know, that's really the most important skill. The top-level leaders. The top-level. And, and then there's a general belief, not saying these are true, but the, the, that at the supervisory level, or we'll call the lower level of an organization, we'll call it that way, is that you really have to focus on results. You're moving the widgets, you're packing the boxes, that kind of thing. So, so that's what they're looking at. Now, that, not necessarily agreeing with that, so they interviewed... Oh, boy, they interviewed a lot of people, Carrie, so this database is pretty solid, over 300,000 people. And to ask about what skills leaders need at different levels. And and they did talk about and ask people to respond to this in terms of the level that they're at, if they're the doc supervisor or if they're the president or the CEO or whatever. Okay, so am I making sense? Am I clear so far, guys? Yes. Okay, so that's a setup. So here's what they here's what they. Um, the response, I guess, or the feedback was, and 
in terms of they gave us 16, 17 carry a leadership skills. Yeah, that- the leadership skills. They, each of the applicants was uh, asked to select their four most important out of the 16 we're going to read. Yes, and we are going to read them because I think it's important for you to hear all of these. And they are in the order of the way that they rated them. So stay patient, but listen carefully because I think it's relevant to our discussion. Number one, inspires and motivates others. Displays high integrity and honesty. Solves problems and analyzes issues. Drives for results. Communicates powerfully and prolifically. Collaborates and promotes teamwork. Builds relationships. Carrie, why don't you pick it up from here? Displays technical or professional expertise. Displays a strategic perspective. Develops others. Takes initiative. Innovates. Champions change. Connects the group to the outside world. Establishes stretch goals. And the final one, practices self-development. Now, these were leadership skills, again, to review, to get it in the right context, that they asked these people, they interviewed these people, what matters most? And the idea was to try to say, well, is there any consistency, right, Carrie, consistency Mm -hmm. at all levels? That list that you guys just read, the order was from most important to least important? Correct. Correct. Okay. That's the way it was was reported. So, So that's a good thought, Tom. So as you're listening to that, what were you thinking? Did you hear something and say, well... You know, I'm uh, a supervisor in an organization, and boy, I thought the skill of developing others was a really important skill. And so that's the point of this, and we're going to get a little deeper. And the point of this whole survey and where they came up with kind of the results were, you need all of these skills, and all of them are relevant at all leadership levels. However, they did come up with the top seven. And the top seven starts with inspires and motivates others. Okay, inspires and motivates others. So what would be an example? Can anybody think of an example of how someone could inspire or motivate others? Well, if you're a mid-manager level, you, uh, you might have a, uh, a team meeting each week or each day to give them the goals for the day. Uh, maybe you shift the positions that some of them are doing. Um, and, and you just get real close with each other and, and hit that goal for that p- period of time. Displays high integrity and honesty is the next one. If you have to make a decision about shipping something before it's ready, don't make the mistake of shipping it before it's ready. ready. That's how you display high integrity and honesty. Solves problems and analyzes issues. Doesn't shoot from the hip as much, right? No, no. You're not going to be reactionary. You're going to give it some thought, and you're going to come up with a good answer with the help of others. Drives for results is the next one. Um, should be obvious for most people. Um, the ex- the couple other ones are communicates powerfully and prolifically, collaborates and promotes teamwork, and builds relationships. Now, Carrie, I want to address in our last minute or so. Sure. The last one on this list says practices self-development, and it's the last one on this list in terms of skills. So these people found that to be the least important. That's what they said, Tom. I have to address that <laughs> because... Uh, I don't know the context of the survey. All surveys can be tweaked and responded to in a certain way and designed and, um, well, designed in a certain way. It's important that we make the point. In case somebody heard, the last one was practice the self-development. Don't fall into that trap. If you're not practicing 
self-development. You will not even understand how to solve problems. You won't understand how to drive results. You won't be able to inspire and motivate others. Um, practicing self-development, getting better yourself before you can be, it, it's important before you can become a leader. Am I making sense? Yeah, like on the airlines. You put the mask on yourself before you help others. Yeah, I, I think I think that's important. So to kind of summarize this, uh, it's an HR blog network piece. The, the skills leaders need at every level. The basic thought process is you need all these skills at different levels of the organization. Important point that they make is that don't dismiss any of them. Because even if you are that, I keep referring to that supervisor, you should have a strategic vision. You should know what the vision of the whole company is so that when you, if you do that and you behave, you have those kinds of behaviors, you'll get promoted and someday you will be the vice president. Someday you will be if you kind of learn all these different things. Okay? The why. You need to understand the why. So that was our first segment. We're going to wrap it up already. We're going to be back in just a couple of minutes with our guest, Mark Hunter. You are listening to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. We'll be right back. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I can tell you that payroll is a four-letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving. But my accountant's too expensive, and I'm not sure who to call. But I know I need help. We're Paychecks, and we take all the hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy. Call, fax, or give us your payroll information securely online, and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money that we'll give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877-650-0277. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychex right now. 877-650-0277. That's 877-650-0277. The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. Driver of the cab is going to be mine, jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. (laughs) This is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in the seven tenets of Taxi Terry. Presenting the thought leaders of today, it's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to the Business Builders Show. Our special guest today is Mark Hunter, and Mark is committed to closing what he calls a global gap in leadership. He feels almost every major problem in the world, in parentheses, financial crisis, crime, violence, global warming, etc., can be fundamentally linked to this gap. 
In his new book, The Brink, How Great Leadership is Invented, Mark discusses leadership development method- his leadership development methodology that is based on a simple philosophy, that leadership is built on the brink of our most difficult challenges. Mark Hunter, welcome to the Business Builders Show. Thank you so much, Marty. I'm thrilled you're here. I read your book. Loved it. It was great. Um, first question, when somebody writes a book, I say, you know, did you, were you sitting on your couch and you just decided to write a book? Or uh, kind of like what inspired you to write this book? <laughs> That's a great question. I, you know, I've been a business and executive leadership coach for over 19 years now. And over that period of time, I've coached a lot of leaders in a lot of different areas and you know, across many different business sectors. And what I noticed is that the there were some commonalities amongst leadership um, and amongst the the methods for building leadership. Mm -hmm. And those commonalities were stark. And so over that period of time, I started gathering all this information and all this experience from from all these different people and leaders in business and industry. Mm -hmm. And the book needed to be written was my experience. You know, my my commitment in in my... my career and in my business that I've created is really leadership. That is the, the sort of the core commitment that I've got in the work I do. Mm-hmm. And having seen these patterns emerge and this methodology emerge that I created over time, I really wanted to be able to, I wanted to, be able to share the, the patterns, the methodology, and the, the structure with more people. And writing the book really was the, the next step in that evolution and the next step in that process for me. Makes all the sense in the world to me. Now, here's a question. My first question is, because I see this also, do you think that leaders have become maybe too complacent in the, the way they lead? You know, it's interesting. Complacent is probably a good word. Uh, I would say I would probably use the word comfortable. Okay. Instead, um, and let me let me say why I make that distinction. Um, I have it that they've gotten comfortable in that leadership has become something that they do rather than that they embody. If you think about the great leaders in history, they embodied leadership. They were, uh, it was part of their persona. It was part of their, you could tell it was part of who they were as a human being on the planet. And I noticed that leaders um, in, in a lot of areas of our world today um, are leaders in fact and leaders in position and in title, but not necessarily leaders in their being and in, in, in their practice so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have it that's a function of comfort. And listen, this is my, my you know, sort of um, synopsis of it. But I, that comfort I have, it comes from maybe from complacency, but also from that there's, there's a, a sort of a cultural um, need for comfort. Uh-huh. And I think that what happens in, in organizations is, you know, leaders get to be leaders, and then they want to create as much security and safety around their leadership as they can. Uh-huh. And, and that, that safety and comfort and protection around their leadership is more about their title and self-preservation than it is actually about leading. Mm. Leading is actually risky. Leading actually requires... Um, putting things, you know, on the line mm-hmm. and putting some skin in the game. And that's not a comfortable place to be. In fact, it's the opposite of complacent. Right. Yeah, it's risky. It's challenging out there to be a leader, whether you're a shop foreman on a manufacturing plant or you're a leader of a big company. It's uh, You've got to take positions. You've got to uh, you've got to stand out, I guess. You know, now you mentioned the word culture and uh, so I guess you're referring to the world as we see it today, and maybe technology has contributed to this uh, complacency or feeling a little too comfortable. Uh, you know, help me out with that. Yeah, it has a little bit. I mean, it's, and mostly around communication. I think that the communication has become something that we do in 
small Twitter feeds and texts and emails a little too conveniently. Um, you know, it used to be that we'd have to sit down and have a meeting, most often face-to-face, mm-hmm. occasionally by phone. Uh, now we can, have, we can have whole conversations in 20 characters or less. Yes. And what gets missed is the relationship that's built between the people communicating. What's missed is the inflection, the nuances, the, the conversation that needs to go on in order to build and maintain relationship and cause leadership in those around us. You know, most of communication like that is designed to issue orders or share information that's data-based, right, not, not actually conversation-based. Mm. You know, if I want to have a conversation with you, I'd actually give you a call if we wanted to discuss something important and I want to train you in something. I think too often that happens by electronic means, and a lot gets missed in the process. Yes, absolutely. And producer Tom and co-host Carrie are nodding their heads. Yes, yes, a strong yes to that. Well, there's even some information out there that says, you know, your whole body language is a big part of communication. Right, Mark? That's kind of what you're referring to, right? That's right. And that's right. And that's a great thing to actually train people's leadership. in. we used to have to be trained in that, you know, how we how we compose ourselves, how we carry ourselves, um, how we speak. Uh, and then a lot of that we can step over. Um, by sending an email and using autocorrect for our uh, for our grammar, <laughs> yes, yes. we don't even have to be careful anymore. Yes. Uh, we don't have to be responsible for the way we communicate because so much of it can sort of be blamed on emails. In fact, most of us who use email on an electronic uh, device that's mobile carries a little disclaimer at the bottom that asking whoever yes. reads it to forgive us for any typos because it's not our fault. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That is really a solid point. We're speaking with Mark Hunter, and he wrote a book, The Brink, How Great Leadership is Invented. Can you go a little deeper on invented? I, I, what's that word in there? What, what do you mean by that? Go yeah, a little deeper on that, man. Up. That's, that's a very intentionally word there. Um, I have it that leadership is invented. Leadership is not a, it's not a cookie-cutter thing. I can't come and train you, Marty, in leadership and then go train um, someone else in leadership at some other organization. It's going to look completely different from the, t- from the two of you because, uh, for one of you, for one, you're two different completely people. You're starting, at, you're starting in different places in your journey, and you're up to different types of leadership and different roles in different organizations. So mm-hmm. I have to actually reinvent re- leadership in every person that I train in it. Mm-hmm. Leadership for me at home looks different from me at work, looks mm-hmm. different for me for a, a contracting deal I'm doing. So all those different forms of leadership have to be invented and reinvented because there is no one thing called leadership. Leadership is many different things to many different people. However, books and authors have been telling us that it's are, are disagreeing with you. Not disagreeing, but uh, I get the feeling a lot of these books written at... Uh, that there is a cookie-cutter approach, I guess. I mean, I, I like your thought. I'm, I'm trying to go a little deeper on that because I like your thought because it is different. You have to be reinvent yourself, reinvent your leadership style or what you do, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and, and the, the problem is that, that if you have a formula for the one way that leadership looks and the right way leadership should look, then the problem, the, the problem arises when it doesn't work. Now what? Oh. What happens to the person... Who, who follows that formula and is, is doing everything that they're told to do and it's not working. Wow. So that's, the, that's the breakdown that I've noticed occurs with most of those, those formulaic things. And, and a lot of the, the books I've read about leadership are typically stories people write about their own leadership. Here's how I right. did it. And, you know, you go do it now the way I did it. And that's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a valuable thing to learn if you're curious about how other people have done things. 
I think it's dangerous when people think that that's the way that leaders should look. Every leader should look the way, uh, you know, Steve Jobs did it or, or something like that. I think it gets in the way of innovation. It gets in the way of, of leaders that are needed in new situations that arise that didn't exist back when Steve Jobs was leading. So I think the, 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 the challenge with those things is that they don't, they don't leave people with a, a way of inventing, to use my word, or right. creating leadership as needed for the circumstances and the positions that they're intending to lead inside of. So I guess that would lead to, we've got about a minute left of this segment, uh, Mark, but I guess that might lead to what uh, you call armchair leadership. Armchair leadership. Go a little deeper <laughs> on that for me, would you? Absolutely. Armchair leadership, uh, and, I, and I relate to it that way because it, it's sort of that image of the leader sitting in an armchair waiting for things to happen <laughs> yeah. and then correct yeah. or, or not correct. But uh, it's sort of a laid-back version of leadership that I also, I use the, the armchair to, as an analogy for comfort. Like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So, you know, leading from that comfortable position of, of quote unquote power or authority or status is actually the, the old, what I relate to as the old model of leadership that's now outdated. I mean, it's, it's the thing that I assert is one of the biggest challenges that we face, you know, in the world today in terms of leadership. Yes. Is that, that the old model simply doesn't work in the new challenges that the world faces today. A lot more to talk about. We're speaking with Mark Hunter. His book is The Brink, How Great Leadership is Invented. We'll be right back. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I can tell you that payroll is a four-letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving, But my accountant's too expensive, and I'm not sure who to call. But I know I need help. We're Paychecks, and we take all the hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy. Call, fax, or give us your payroll information securely online, and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money that we'll give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877-650-0277. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychex right now. 877-650-0277. That's 877-650-0277. Dear business owner, the shocking truth is many small businesses fail or don't meet the owner's expectations. You want help, but you're not sure where to turn. Maybe you're not sure how a qualified and experienced business coach can help you grow your business. Would a no-risk guarantee of measurable results put your mind at ease about using a business coach? Call Marty Wolf Business Solutions at 570-815-1626 today to learn more about a risk-free offer. A short conversation with Marty Wolf Business Solutions is your first step to benefit from a proven business coach guaranteeing results. Call 570-815-1626 today. This offer is only available to all small business owners located in the continental United States. Want to be a success story instead of a business failure statistic? Then call Marty Wolf Business Solutions today to learn more about this risk-free offer. 570-815-1626. Informing, educating, and encouraging. The Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to The Business Builder Show. Our special guest today is Mark Hunter. His book is The Brink, 
how great leadership is invented. And invented is a key word because that's what we're talking about here, Mark, right? That's right. All right. So I, the big question now is why are these things happen? Why have we fallen into uh, this culture of uh, comfort addiction? Why, why has this happened? That is a very big question. It's a tricky one, too, because I don't have it that there's one simple answer to it. I think that that would give, be a disservice to the question. But I will tell you what I think it all boils down to it, it sort of contextually is fear. Oh, okay. I have it that there's, there's a, a function of self-preservation that's occurred over, I'd say, the past decade, maybe decade or two, um, especially with recent financial um, and global crises that have been going on. That I think that that there's been a, a pattern of leaders making decisions designed to protect the future of their leadership, mm-hmm. rather than decisions and choices that are designed to actually make a difference in the thing that they're making choices around. Um, and listen, it's natural, right? I mean, it's part of the natural human process to self-preserve. Sure, right. And Leadership requires that the leader making the decision be able to look past that in addition to their own self-preservation and make decisions for something greater than just themselves. And I think that's, that's actually um, something that's not evolved with the challenges that people face in business and in the world today. Hmm. I think you just described great leadership as uh, being able to move on. Before I forget, and I won't at the end of the show, but I want to make sure people know how to connect with you. So uh, your company, a shameless plug for your company and for your book. Absolutely. Uh, My company is Pinnacle Coaching, Inc., and my website is pinnacle-coaching.net. And the book is called The Brink, How Great Leadership is Invented, and it's available through my website. Okay, great. Um, that's terrific. And Carrie, I think, has a question for you. Mike, go, go ahead, Carrie. Mark, uh, you had mentioned the comfort analogy. And uh, recently I finished another book that uh, you're probably very familiar with, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. <laughs> yes. And in there, he has one of the main principles or guiding agenda for a true leader is to put others before your agenda. So would we really classify today's comfort leaders as true leaders? Uh, you know, in title, we may, but it's probably not true leadership in the way Simon Sinek is referring to it. Like, like he, what he's saying is exactly along the lines of what I'm saying. That putting others ahead of our own agenda is distinctly uncomfortable. And a true mm-hmm. leader will do that. Mm-hmm. So if someone's not doing that, I would assert that it's, it's a form of leadership, but it's a self-centered form of leadership. It's about ourselves, not about the team we're leading or the mission we're leading in service of. Hmm. Great. Interesting. Great. Interesting. You know, speaking of not being comfortable, um, I see you have an interesting background. You travel the world. You're an adventurer. And um, again, talking about being risky. Am I understanding this correct, that you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro? I did. I did why did you, why did you do yeah. such a foolish thing? <laughs> <laughs> and since you did it, what did you learn, man? <laughs> well, it's funny. The, the reason I did it is, is a little easier to answer. You know, I, was, I was traveling for a year and was looking to challenge myself in a way I hadn't been challenged before. That ought to Kilimanjaro do it. Kilimanjaro is one of those mountains you can climb without supplemental oxygen and a lot of 
um, technical skills. So I went and did it. But the the thing I got from it, I think, that I hadn't know, known I was going to get or wasn't really looking for um, before I started was this, it, almost pretty much the entire premise of the book was that leadership and growth in leadership is built on the sides of some great challenge. On the, and I use a mountain as a metaphor in the mm-hmm, book, mm-hmm. mostly from that ex- experience on Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has you, you know, climbing a mountain like that has you face challenges that you can't foresee. And they're not all external. Most of them are actually internal. They're emotional, they're, right. they're mental. And those are the things that stop people in business and in leadership all over the world every day. So it's a very, it's a very um, unique and powerful analogy but I have it that leaders can actually put themselves up to great challenges in order to grow their leadership on purpose. That's one of the things I got from Kilimanjaro was that I could do things that I didn't think were possible. I could, you know, suffer things that I didn't think I could move through. I could actually, uh, you know, create uh, outcomes that at, at times seemed both unreasonable and not possible. And I could do them when I said so. And that experience in the physical and, and you know, mental challenge of climbing a mountain that, of that size um, translates very well into the kind of thing a, a leader has to do every day, making decisions, right? Putting one foot in front of the other, doing the next thing they need to do, separate from how they feel, whether they want to, or any of those types of considerations that most of us usually take, in, take into account. Yeah, and usually, as you've already already pointed out, is it's mental toughness more than uh, it's usually the it's it's the mental or the emotional game that holds people back. Would you agree? I would agree. I mean, a lot. You know, most of the leaders that we look at out there are skilled. They have the skills, um, but the toughness to actually say what needs to be said, to take that risk, to 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 choose an agenda greater than our own, takes a mental toughness that you're talking about. That I think is is often. Uh, well, I should say is rare. <laughs> right. Yes, it's rare. That's a good way to put it. It's rare. Uh, here's an important question, I think, for the entire audience. Is it important, in your view, is it important that everyone develop their leadership skills? You, you work for somebody, whatever. What's your view? Should, should, I be deliver, should I be developing my personal leadership skills? You know, it's a great question. I have it that it's important for all of us to know that we have the capability to generate our leadership skills, to know that it's important that we do. And I hate to put the word should in there because it, it creates some, you know, uh, some obligation. And it's not obligatory. However, in creating a, an effective leader, the most effective leaders create effective leaders around them. Mm. They create teams of leaders around them. So yes. If I'm leading a team, I don't want a team of followers. I want a team of leaders. Yes, good so point. So all those people on that team with me, yes, they're yeah. going to need to be leaders in their own roles on that team as well. I love that. Uh, that's an important part, and you talk about that in the book, and I think that is an extraordinarily important point. Believe it or not, we're almost down to a, a minute. So w- what have I missed? Uh, you know, a fascinating book, um, fascinating author. You have a fascinating background. The book you call is The Brink, How Great Leadership is Invented. What did I miss? What points do we want to drive home? You know, I don't think you've missed much at all. I think that there's a, there's a lot more content in the book, of course, but, you know, fundamentally, I think the one thing I'd love for people to hear, hearing this to, to walk away with also is to know that the one thing I, in the book, the, the one premise I challenge in the book the most is, is this myth that somehow leadership is born into some people mm-hmm. and not born into others. I think that's dangerous. It's not true either. <laughs> oh, I've, I've been... Training leaders for 19 years, I haven't met anybody who cannot be trained in leadership. I've met a lot of people who are unwilling, and that's the difference. 
Anybody can be trained in leadership and be a leader. It's a matter of whether people are willing to or not. Wow, that's a that's a great, that's a phenomenal insight. Uh, once again, uh, Mark Hunter is our guest today. His book is The Brink, How Great Leadership is Invented. Mark, tell us again, uh, again, the shameless plug for your company and how to get the book. Absolutely. Again, uh, my company is Pinnacle Coaching, Inc., and uh, the website is www.pinnacle-coaching.net. Uh, it's available on the website, and it'll be available through my publisher, Morgan James Publishing, out in New York City uh, later this year. Excellent. Mark, thank you so much for being part of the Business Builder Show. We appreciate your time. My pleasure, Marty. Thank you. Thank you. Presenting the thought leaders of today, it's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. Driver of the cab is going to be mine, jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? (laughs) Said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. (laughs) This is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in the Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry. Dear business owner, the shocking truth is many small businesses fail or don't meet the owner's expectations. You want help, but you're not sure where to turn. Maybe you're not sure how a qualified and experienced business coach can help you grow your business. Would a no-risk guarantee of measurable results put your mind at ease about using a business coach? Call Marty Wolf Business Solutions at 570-815-1626 today to learn more about a risk-free offer. A short conversation with Marty Wolf Business Solutions is your first step to benefit from a proven business coach guaranteeing results. Call 570-815-1626 today. This offer is only available to all small business owners located in the continental United States. Want to be a success story instead of a business failure statistic? Then call Marty Wolf Business Solutions today to learn more about this risk-free offer. 570-815-1626. Presenting the thought leaders of today, it's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to the Business Builders Show. We're having a lot of fun in the studio today. Uh, Carrie and Tom are uh, engaging me in laughter, so I'm going to try to get back on track, gentlemen. Thank you, Mark Hunter. Great interview. Um, great leadership insights. We've, we're tying it all together. Our first segment we talked about leadership and the leadership skills that you need at all different levels and as we said it it probably does uh, you should know and uh, try to learn all of them in this segment we're going to talk we're going back to the hbr blog network which is harvard business review blog network maybe that's why i'm struggling on this uh, stuff carrie it's the harvard business review maybe i'm feeling challenged here or something you're up to it brother you think so you think we can handle it yes okay well let's get to this uh, let's get to this article and it talks about the most overlooked leadership skill 
I'm going to repeat it because it's important to hear what we said. The most overlooked leadership skill. And this is coming from a gentleman named Peter Bregman. And he opens it by talking about the fact that he was um, playing ultimate Frisbee. And um, he threw the disc. Apparently, it was like end of the game kind of thing. I'm not that familiar with Ultimate Frisbee, so I can't get too descriptive. But apparently, he threw the, uh, we'll call it a Hail Mary, Kerry, like yeah. you refer to it, right? <clears throat> threw it towards the end zone, if there's an end zone, and said, oh, it was wobbly. It was, an, it was ugly, right? Threw it up there, and he saw his buddy Sam, like, near it, but said, no way, ain't going to happen. Not going to catch it. Well, the next few seconds, Sam fully extended himself, grabbed the Frisbee, scored, hooray, cheers for everything. Sam's catch won that tournament. So Peter, the author of this article, said, hmm, it taught me a great lesson. And what he says is, never underestimate the value of a talented receiver. And as he's in corporate America and as he's thinking about that lesson, he apparently is a coach to someone and he refers to this person as Alba, A-L-B-A. And he needed to talk to Alba about a presentation that she was making. He had some concerns. He, he felt like she needed to prepare in a certain way, right, Carrie, to, to do certain things in a certain way. And he was a little ambivalent about approaching Alba, right? Yes, yes. He, he, he was very concerned about how she would take any observations or criticism that he had for her best success. Right. So as a lot of us are, you know, we may feel compelled, we may feel the obligation to chat with someone and to help someone, quite frankly. Our intentions are pure, are good, and we want to say, hey, listen, you know, maybe you should look at it this way. I make a suggestion. But a great receiver is what we need to hear. It, is the student ready is the mm-hmm. way we refer to it often. Right, right, Gary? So he was a little worried. He said, well, am I overstepping my bounds and, you know, talking to Alba this way? And and um, he was said, well, am I going to be an annoyance to her? But one of the things he found right away is that she listened. She listened without a trace of annoyance. Next thing, important. She asked questions. She wasn't trying to defend herself. She wasn't refuting the comments that he was making, that Peter was making. She was trying to really understand the feedback or the criticisms, if we want to use that word. She was gracious, she was skilled, and she was accepting. Yeah, and I found that was a perfect, I think album might have read Dr. Covey's Seven Habits because she practiced habit number five, first seek to understand to be understood. Correct. It's a hard thing to do. A very hard thing to do, especially in a fast-paced world. It is a very hard thing to do. But here's what he's talking about, being a great receiver, right? And he said, hey, her ability to receive me and the suggestions that I was making, my opinions, led to a very good, valuable discussion. And with all of the work that they did together, in a little while, I guess in a few weeks, Alba made her presentation to whoever she was making her presentation to, and it was a huge success. And that discussion had something to do with it. So the lesson that Peter wants to share with us now and that we want to share with you is how do you become a great receiver or a listener? And refer to Bob Chapman's interview 
from Barry Waymiller. Mm-hmm. And he said in Barry Waymiller's, um, their university, one of the lessons that they're teaching across America through Barry Waymiller University is listening skills. Bob Chapman, who's the CEO of that company, says that that is the number one thing that they are teaching and the number one demand in in terms of the university. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, and if you, uh, I'm sure our audience remembers that interview uh, two weeks ago. That's really, truly human leadership. Right. And again, that's an example of, you know, if you're being the one that's being uh, fed the, the criticism or getting the feedback, you have to be courageous. Absolutely. Because Peter gives us some ideas. How to become, how do you become a great receiver? How do you become a um, great listener? Well, well, let me go back at just the one line in here. Typically, we choose our leaders for their skills at conveying messages clearly and powerful. But in my experience, it is their ability to receive messages that distinguishes the best leaders from the rest. Good job, Kerry. I had that highlighted. Well, I read that. And that I didn't Peter, say it, so that great was Peter job. Peter Bregman's quote, <laughs> the author of this. Yes. Uh, let, me re- cause, let me review that because that's an important point. Most executives are rated on their ability to forcefully do, to, to talk right. and to deliver a message, which is important. Mm-hmm. But what Peter is saying, hmm, you know, if you really want to be a leader and if you really want to have an impact on people is listen well. And when people get that skill of listening to others, they'll want to talk to you. They'll want to engage you if you listen to others, right? I think it's one of the cornerstones of trust. It's a big one. It's a big one. Good point. Okay, so how do you become a great receiver? The first point that Peter makes is be courageous. And this is what you're, what we're talking about, Carrie. You know, um, in this case, he's talking about first about Sam, that um, Sam was, you know, extended himself, really took the extra effort. Um, and he wasn't defensive. He wasn't, as he was reaching for that, he wasn't thinking about, well, Peter, what a lousy shot he wasn't thinking that what are you throwing this to me how the hell am i going to catch that no that's not what he was thinking what he was thinking was i'm going to extend myself i'm going to reach give it all i'm I'm going to get it i'm going to make it happen um so in the corporate world to be a great listener or to be a great receiver as we've already said carrie takes courage and courage to step up to talk to alba courage for that and it also takes humility to both give and to receive feedback. How many times would a leader cross his hands and, well, if she falls on her face, she falls on her face. I'll be there to, to, to tell her what she did wrong. Yeah, the other point that he says is uh, don't judge. You know, don't judge if you're receiving. Listen with the good heart of receiving. Don't want to respond immediately. And then that leads to the last one he talks about is to be open. You know, if you're going to accept that, you have to be open. You have to have an open heart, an open mind, some humility. Learn, listen, and learn. And he closes this out. Here's what he says. Peter Bregman. And when you're skilled at that, meaning listening or receiving, and when you're skilled at that, you'll be a most valuable player on any team you're on. In any team you're on, this skill and what we're talking about relates to your family, 
to the nonprofit you may be part of, to your company. Listening skills, just like our first segment, Carrie, apply to your entire life. It's not because you're the CEO or the boss of an organization. So, wow, we got to wrap up already. So thank you again for being part of the Business Builder Show. We sincerely appreciate you taking time to be with us. A special thank you to Mark Hunter, who shared some great insights on leadership. Remember, you can be a leader everywhere, not just at work. Stand up and stand out. Take risks for the greater good of your family or any organization you may be part of. And, of course, stand up and stand out in your work environment. Our special guest next week will be Tom Hopkins. That's what I said, Tom Hopkins. Anyone involved in sales will recognize the name Tom Hopkins. His book, How to Master the Art of Selling, has sold more than 1.6 million copies. And he's not a new, got a new book, and we're going to be talking about it. So we need to wrap up. Thank you so much for being part of the Business Builder Show. We do our best here so you can do your best. I'm Marty Wolf. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I can tell you that payroll is a four-letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving. But my accountant's too expensive, and I'm not sure who to call. But I know I need help. We're Paychecks, and we take all the hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy. Call, fax, or give us your payroll information securely online and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money that we'll give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877-650-0277. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychex right now. 877-650-0277. That's 877-650-0277. The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. Driver of the cab, it's going to be mine, jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. (laughs) This is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in the seven tenets of Taxi Terry.